This is Talk To Me. Your host, Joshua Toomey, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Talk To Me, episode 237. The guest this week is Chad Withrow of the Midday 180 on uh, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, Tennessee, and also the host of the Chit Chad podcast. And you're probably wondering why. Why is Chad Withrow on the podcast this week? Well, as you guys know, I'm a huge Tennessee Titans fan. And uh, over the years, one friendship I've made through this podcast is with Chad Withrow, a guy that I listen to daily on the uh, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, Tennessee, talking all things Titans and uh, all things Nashville Predators and Tennessee sports and all that good stuff. So after the huge win last week against the New England Patriots, I was like, you know what? It is time to have Chad Withrow on the podcast talking all things Tennessee Titans and a little bit of UT Vols and some other good stuff and some of the concerts he's been to, which we did try to throw in some music. So it's a lot of fun and an honor to have Chad on the podcast. This is the first episode of 2020. So glad to be back. Took a few weeks off for the holidays and uh, so much stuff with work. Couldn't, couldn't necessarily nail down some stuff, but I got a lot of interviews coming up. And uh, this is going to be a fun one to start off the year talking some sports. I know it's a little bit of a, a departure. I know it's a little bit of a departure from what I normally do, but I've had some sports stuff on here before. You know, Phil and Selma and I like to talk sports. Uh, one of my first guests ever was Kyle Turley of the New Orleans Saints on here talking some uh, sports and music. So it's a uh, talk to me. It's not the metal show, I mean, even though it kind of sometimes is a metal show. But uh, maybe in 2020, we can branch out and just have some uh, some people in other walks of life on the show. How about we do that? Branch out a little bit in our fifth year of existence here at the Talk To Me podcast. Before we dive into talking to Chad Withrow, let's talk about the latest Talk To Me t-shirt. You know they're $25 free shipping anywhere in the United States. If you're outside the United States, just let me know and I will hook you up and uh, we will figure it out and all that good stuff. And we will get a shirt to you. I see my numbers. I see where you're listening. Lots of Australia. Well, hopefully everybody down in Australia is okay. I know that the uh, wildfires and all that stuff are going crazy. But uh, if you guys want to talk to me, t-shirt, $25, free shipping. Hit me up, paypal.me slash talk to me. Give me your shirt size, your address, and I will get a shirt out to you. You've seen the graphic. It's a great graphic. I'll throw another one up in the Talk To Me congregation on the Facebook group. Just as a reminder to let you guys know how great this shirt is. It's the uh, skull wearing the headphones, eating a slice of pizza. I mean, how much better can you get? And also, if you look in the show notes, you will see my Titans parody with the uh, pentagram Flaming Titans logo. You can always get one of those, too, over at uh, redbubble.com. The uh, link is in the show notes. So check out some Talk To Me swag. Get some for yourself. Get some for your loved one. Use some of that Christmas money you got from Memo and get yourself a nice Talk To Me t-shirt. Also, make sure you guys are checking out my boy down there in Atlanta, Georgia, Scott Bowling, and the good company 
YouTube show and now podcast. The podcast is fun. It's it's nice to just have it to where I can download it, listen to it while I'm at work and doing whatnot. And uh, yeah, let's go go back and check out the episode with myself and Bobby Burns talking all things Primer Fifty Five. And there's some uh, great episodes with uh, Ray from Corn, Head from Corn. Like members of Seven Dust, Stuck Mojo, so much more. So make sure you're heading over to YouTube, searching out the Good Company Show, or hitting up scottgoodcompany.com and let him know that the Talk To Me podcast sent you. And again, guys, make sure you're hitting me up facebook.com slash talk to me talk at talk to me talk on Twitter, talk to me podcast on Instagram, and make sure you are joining the talk to me congregation on Facebook, the private Facebook group where you'll get these episodes a day early if they're done. You get to know about the upcoming episodes, and we share a lot of great stuff, have a lot of good times, and a lot of good fun in there. So, just so happy to be back. 2020 is looking great so far. And uh, without any more of my ramblings, let's get into some uh, talk with Chad Withrow of the Midday 180, 104.5 The Zone, and the Chit Chad Podcast. All right, guys, and now we bring in Chad Withrow of the Midday 180 in Nashville, Tennessee. That's on a 104.5 The Zone and also the uh, host of the uh, Chit Chad podcast. Chad, how you doing, man? Doing great, Josh. Thanks for having me on, man. First things first, let's talk about Chit Chad. Sounds a lot like talk to me, kind of a play on <laughs> words there. Was there any inspiration there? <laughs> no, uh, but now that you uh, mention it, uh, I was aware of your podcast before, so maybe subliminally, yeah, uh, I thought of it. You know, I can't even take credit for the the nickname. Uh, our program director, uh, Brad Willis, along with one of our sales associates, Brittany Winch, actually texted me that that name for the podcast in a group text, and I said, "Oh, that sounds really good." I, I had a couple of other ideas, and they were so bad, I can't even remember what they were now. Uh, to be honest with you, so. Um, I will let you have full credit for it. <laughs> maybe that maybe both Brad and Brittany were aware of your podcast. Yeah, they're huge fans. To have a play on words, yeah, just just like yours. Um, but I wish I could take credit for it. But uh, it is a clever name for a podcast, much like Talk to Me. There we so go. Both are both are in the pantheon of great podcast names. That's for sure. Well, you and I have talked about the Titans over the years, and uh, you know, kind of going into this season was a make or break season for Marcus Mariota. And obviously he broke. After the first week, I thought he was going to be great. You know, the 43-13 to win over the Browns, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. But, uh, you know, did what did you see? Did you see, like, Tannehill in the uh, preseason doing anything like this or anytime you saw him maybe at practice? I mean, in two words, hell no. And I think anyone who told you that they saw this coming from Ryan Tannehill would be lying to you. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of people nationally that still aren't believing it with Tannehill. I, I've become a believer. Now, is he always going to play at the, the level he was the last seven or eight games of the season, the regular season? I think that's impossible to expect because he was on a historic pace mm-hmm. in terms of what he was doing uh, with completion percentage and yards per attempt and everything else. Uh, but, no, no one saw this coming. You know, what, what we saw in Ryan Tannehill was, okay, now there's a viable option a guy who started a lot of games in the league, if things go south for Mariota, or as you know, Josh, and you follow this team, if he gets hurt. Yeah. That was the thinking at the beginning of the year was he's been so injury-prone. Well, at least now, the season doesn't have to tank if and when Marcus Mariota gets hurt. Um, no one saw this performance coming when they went to him. And you mentioned Marcus Mariota broke uh, this year. Um, he almost broke the Titans' chances. And I know a lot of this has to do with the lack of Taylor one for the first five weeks also, but that two-and-four start, 
it's it's difficult not to think back and say, well, if Ryan Tannehill starts the season, you know what what are they after those? Are they four and two? Are they three and three? Are they easily in the playoffs going into the last week instead of having a squeak in at nine and seven? But none of that matters because once you get in the playoffs, it's a one game elimination each week, and the Titans are one of the hottest teams in the league and a team that no one wants to see right now, and that's all that matters. It's been really crazy because I know that the Titans aren't a national brand, and I have a lot of you know listeners and everything from around the country, and so when they know I'm a Titans fan, and so it's like when I say something about Ryan Tannehill, I know they're not seeing, they're not watching every game like I am and like you are, so they're not seeing it. They just know Ryan Tannehill from maybe the Dolphins from here and there. But I'm like, no, seriously, guys, like he's doing really awesome. You got to check it out. It's been really crazy to kind of have to, uh, to to almost argue with people and be like, no, you just need to watch the games because he, what he's doing is amazing. Yeah, he really is, and it's it's funny when you you know think back at Ryan Tannehill and when he came out of Texas A&M, even what people would say about Ryan Tannehill. And I went back and read some of his draft reports, his draft grades, and, and what you most commonly got was he can do everything. You know, he's got good arm strength. He's got good accuracy, nothing great. He's got really good athleticism. Uh, He's a good runner also, but a a lot of high marks for a guy who could do a lot of different things. And, you know, because of change in coordinator, and he went from Joe Philbin to Adam Gase in in Miami, and and he did have some success under Adam Gase. He's known as a good offensive mind. That remains to be seen with his uh, work with the Jets, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, you saw a guy that, uh, if coached properly and in the right system, could do some things. Now, do those things equal what we've seen this season with a tight? No. That's uh, been unprecedented so far in his career, uh, which makes me ask the question, just what was the organizational failure with the Dolphins uh, with him? Because just watching him play, you become very confident the way he runs that offense, the way he can throw it with zip, the way he throws the deep ball, how good he is with the, the play-action rollout and the bootleg, um, how he can pick up first downs with his legs at times. It's amazing for me to watch this guy and think, going back to the draft, the type of player that he was, but watching him now and seeing it kind of come to fruition uh, really has been amazing. And again, can Titans fans expect this year after year? I don't think so. But if you get 75 to 80% of this, with Derrick Henry, with that offensive line playing better now in, in the near future, with a defense hopefully coming back and, and being healthier, I mean, that's a recipe for a lot of success. And you look around the NFL teams that are left playing, um, you, the Titans are, are set up well uh, with some of these teams. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. There was a moment early when he took over for, uh, for Mariota that uh, the Titans, I think, just had to kind of run the clock down. And uh, he everyone ran up to the line really fast and and you hear him on the on the TV copy yell like calm down settle down like he just like i've never it's been so long since we've had a quarterback that like commanded the offense like that and you you know the leadership that he was providing at that moment it was just funny to hear it because you know Marcus is so soft spoken and and not necessarily uh takes over the game so to see Ryan Tannehill kind of take over and just in like those little moments of like oh yeah that's what a quarterback's supposed to look like and those moments have been uh, been fun to watch this year it's funny that you bring that up because when you see both of their public personas, they're very similar. Yeah, uh, they both really don't say a lot. You know, they're they're sort of cliche, coach speak at all times, sort of quiet. I wouldn't say necessarily meek, but I think you said soft spoken, very soft spoken in media yeah. opportunities.
but there is a difference between Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota in terms of command. You can hear Tannehill. You can see him be more demonstrative. Uh, he's a little bit more emotional, a little bit more fiery. You know, he's not some wild man out there like Philip Rivers at times, <laughs> uh, but but he's a guy who's uh, who's got a little bit more command to him, assertiveness. And, and I, I love that. People can sit and debate, you know, the quarterback position and what makes a great player and, and this and that. I firmly believe it's a position where you need to be assertive. You need to have some swagger about you. You need to have something else other than just the ability to play to truly become a really good to great quarterback. I think Tannehill is closer to that X-factor quality than Marcus Mariota ever was. And that's no knock on Marcus Mariota. It feels like you have to preface everything I'm talking about him with. He's a really good guy, and he is a really good guy. Uh, And just because he's soft-spoken doesn't make him a bad quarterback. But because he's soft-spoken and that sort of meek, I don't know that he'll ever be a great NFL quarterback for that reason. And Tannehill's got a little bit more of that than Mariota. Yeah, I was saying the other day that I will be a 100% fan of whatever NFC team that Mariota goes to. <laughs> you know, I will root yeah. for him and uh, and hope he does well as long as it's, you know, not in, you know, as long as he's not a Colt next year, I guess I'll be okay with that. Do you think he'll be a starter next year or do you think he's going to back someone up? I think he might have just take the take the Ryan Tannehill blueprint and just uh, you know kind of go in and if the if the uh, starter struggles or gets hurt, you know Mariota gets a chance. But I I just don't see any teams out there that are are, are chomping at the bit for him. And plus, with this free agent quarterback market that we're about to go into, you know Mariota is probably not uh, not to option number one for a lot of teams. You know I don't think he's going to have his pick of where to go. Uh, but but I do think sort of like Tannehill, you know, Tannehill was it was a trade. He, he didn't really have a choice. But I do think that the best option for Mariota would be to get in that type of situation where there's uncertainty with a series. If he could be come in to be the backup, but also be a guy who can challenge and be a viable option if it doesn't work out with a starting quarterback, I think that's the perfect spot for him uh, to walk into because I do not think that he's going to get an opportunity to be named the starter. Uh, wherever he signs. I, I think it's going to be pretty clear he signed to be the backup, but as a guy who could be a really good backup for someone. And what's crazy is how much how how much we dismiss Marcus after after these like four and a half years, five years of him with the fact of how many, you know, fourth quarter drives he had, I think it was around twelve. You know, he had a lot of huge wins in there, a lot of really Yeah, and it's not like the Titans were bad under Marcus Mariota, right? I mean that's kind of the complaint now Titans fans is why are we always nine and seven? Or why are we, right. you know, why can't we just get a real high draft pick and, you know, bottom out like some other teams and then be really good for a couple of years? But the Titans are always just kind of that, you know, eight, seven, seven and nine to maybe 10 and six type team, uh, which is fun when you're competitive. But let's also keep in mind, you know, Marcus Mariota went on the road in Kansas City and won a playoff game. Ryan Tannehill did, did the same thing. Yeah. Um, but look at the quarterback performance in that game. I mean, Marcus Mariota won in part because he threw a touchdown pass to himself <laughs> in that yeah. game that was batted back to him. And Ryan Tannehill just threw for 72 yards for an entire game and won in Foxborough because Derrick Henry and the offensive line were so dominant in that game. And the Titans' defense was so good. Let's face it, Patriots' offense is just bad. I mean, once you stop the running game or the screen game with them, that they really have no answers. Um, so and that's not to, to diminish the Titans' win, but it's not like they're getting these monumental efforts at quarterback to win the two playoff games that we've seen in the last three years that they've won. 
Well, it was crazy, and I've seen a lot of people talking about the performance in New England, and they're kind of downplaying Ryan Tannehill, but we didn't need Ryan Tannehill to throw for 400 yards. Like, if you watch the game, it was Derrick Henry left, Derrick Henry right, Derrick Henry up the middle, and he was getting... He he was running at will. It was it was crazy. We were we were at the uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings here watching the game, and we were joking about what is it on in Madden where you just hold the button down and do the same play over and over and over. That's all they were doing, and uh, that's you know. And so you see a lot of like Ravens fans online talking about you know you're going to need to score more than 14 points to to beat us, and I'm like, well, we didn't have to to beat the Patriots. You know, it was a it was a pretty pretty simple it, it, game plan it, it, that it was effective. Totally- yeah, it's a totally. Di- you're right. It's a totally different game. They had to play against the Patriots. They need to play. They just needed Tannehill to not make the big mistake. He made the huge throw to Burks or two of them, one for the touchdown on the opening drive, and then that first down pickup. Yeah, uh, that really worked the clock on on third and long. That was a great throw, great read by him, and a great play design by Arthur Smith to get Ferkser uh, in that spot uh, where he could get a free release. So that that was good to see. But uh, but I'll, I will say this. He's going to have to do a lot more, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the game plan is against Baltimore, you're going to have to score with them. Um, I think that it's it's mandatory for A.J. Brown to have a huge play or two of the 50-plus yard touchdown variety mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen for him. So you're going to have to see more of that. And look, the Titans know that, and the game plan is going to be totally different. This is a game you do going up against the Patriots and that great defense and that great secondary that if they could get anything going on the ground, they were going to stay there. And they were able to do that early, and they were able to continue doing that. And full marks to Derrick Henry, but also that Titans offensive line uh, for being able to do that because the Patriots knew exactly what was coming at them, and they could not stop them. Yeah, it was pretty nuts to watch the the, the whole thing. And it's funny to win in a, in a in a defensive run oriented. Don't let your quarterback not make a mistake. And how quick Ravens fans are to uh, to forget that that's pretty much their entire franchise until you know this year. Yeah, no, that's uh, it is funny how convenient uh, <laughs> when you get this transcendent quarterback performance of both running and passing, how quickly you forget that um, you know you want a uh, you want a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer right. as your quarterback yeah, and, a, and a great defense that had to run the ball and just hoped that uh, ten points was going to be enough offensively uh, to win games. So yeah, it's uh, it's funny how fans tend to forget quickly. So let's dive into a little bit of your uh, travel over the last few days because you, you had an insane travel schedule, uh, some family in where was that, Nebraska? And then uh, from Nebraska, you go to Providence to uh, to uh, to Bar Louie out there for the Titans stuff and then travel back and, uh, you know, just kind of go through your uh, planes, trains, and automobiles uh, adventure there. Yeah, it was nuts. So uh, it started out. I found out that we were going to be doing the show from Providence on Friday. I was with my wife's family uh, in Tilden, Nebraska, which is about two and a half hours northwest of Omaha. Okay, so this is the starting point. So I rented a car there, drove at about 4.45, 5 a.m. I started my drive for a 9.30 flight, drove the two and a half hours from there to the Omaha airport. Uh, the trip out there with no delays, no problems. I got on a plane in Omaha. Got to Chicago, had, I think, a two-and-a-half-hour layover in Chicago, Midway, no problem. Got to Providence, got there about an hour and a half for the Tennessee-Indiana Gator Bowl. Nice. I had a chance just to watch that in my hotel room, no problems. Did the show the next day uh, from Bar Louie in Providence. And then I had to get back to Omaha to, to help my wife with our two kids fly back. 
So that's where it gets a little tricky. It was rainy, as you saw on television, I'm sure. It was rainy all day in New England. So get to the Providence Airport. I think my flight is at 2.30. I get there around noon just to be safe, to see what the crowd's like there. Well, my flight is getting delayed about two hours. Lightning actually struck my plane while it was <laughs> wow. at the tarmac. They had to look through the entire plane. It, it, apparently, this is something that happens quite often. Not a big deal. I heard from someone that uh, works for an airline. But it does take about an hour, hour and a half for them to review all the mechanical systems on the plane and the computers to make sure they're okay. Eventually, we take off. So I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going to miss my connection in Chicago Midway to get back to Omaha. Instead, I get to the airport. That flight's delayed. So the one good thing about all this, Josh, was I got a chance to go to a bar at the airport in Midway, watch the entire first half of Titans Patriots, and then right at halftime, we board our plane. So I get on the plane, and the entire flight from Chicago to Omaha, I'm able to watch uh, the entire second half of the Titans win over the Patriots. So I land, get, you know, get my luggage, everything else. It's after 11 p.m. Uh, on Saturday night in Omaha by the time I finally got there. So uh, it was quite the journey, uh, but it was worth it. It was a great broadcast for us in the midday 180. Uh, and it was cool to be around that with the Titans and getting a, a huge win up at Foxborough. So when uh, Logan Ryan picks that pass off, are you are you in air? I am in air. Yes, I am watching that on my laptop. Did you react? Uh, and did anyone else in the uh, did anyone else in the plane react? No, I was. Uh, and if I look, I had my AirPods in, so if they did, I wouldn't have heard it. More than likely, because I'm listening to the broadcast with uh, with Nance and Romo. Nice. Um, but I'm so I'm, I'm watching it happen. I'm probably somewhere over a cornfield in Iowa at this point, <laughs> uh, driving from or flying from Chicago to Omaha. Uh, but yeah, it was it was quite the moment, and it was. You know, what, I'm glad you brought that play up because what a great story of redemption. Mm-hmm. Because you never see Logan Ryan not make the easy play, like not making that easy play right. that would have been a pick six earlier in the game, and to be right back in that same spot and make it happen to ice the game. It was pretty cool to see against his old team also. Oh, yeah, it was great. I don't know if you saw the video of him uh, pregame, but he was kind of going through and high-fiving all of the uh, the Titans fans, but Patriots fans were also high-fiving him too. You know, they were they were showing him some love. That's really cool. That is cool. The, the fun thing here was uh, was we, we, we went to watch the game, at the, you know, like I said, the Buffalo Wild Wings, and the um, – you know, there's not a lot of Titans fans here. <laughs> it's not like we traveled up here. But there's about four or five of us in there, you know, wearing – there was a guy in an authentic Vince Young jersey, you know, <laughs> rocking that thing. But uh, a couple of Patriots fans. And then the rest of the bar was packed, but it was just, you know, whatever, whatever uh, you know, team you root for kind of thing. And uh, it was kind of up and down. And then as soon as Logan Ryan picked that off, man, that entire bar exploded – you know, people just started high fiving me and congratulating awesome. me. A guy in a Colts shirt hugged me. I was like, "Get off me!" You know, like, what's going on yeah, here? So, it, it, so was, it was uh, the, the Titans were America's team at that point mm-hmm. because they knocked off uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots in right. the dynasty. Yeah, That's cool. Now, did the Titans fans sort of congregate with each other, or did you know all of them? No, I didn't know them. Did um, kind of naturally get closer. Well, they, they actually ended up sitting at the table right next to us. So there was like four there, and then like my table, and then uh, yeah, that that, that was. The, the gist of the uh, the the uh, Louisville or the uh, Louisville area Titans fans, I guess. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like I said, there was like a couple of guys in some uh, Patriots gear, like you know, up towards the bar, and then the, like I said, the rest of the bar was just uh, you know, in, in 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 a spattering of jerseys and things like that. But it was it was definitely more people rooting against the Patriots than rooting for the Titans. Are there more Cincinnati fans or 
indie fans in Louisville? What's the what's the dominant fan base there? Colts or Bengals? You know, man, I, I, it's more like a like you almost see more Browns and Steelers. It's it's you know the Steelers are really? obviously very very uh, prominent. You'll see a lot of but there's since there's no real consensus here, and I would I would have I would have assumed that the Colts would have taken over a little bit more, but they haven't. I figured the Titans are close enough. They, they they haven't really touched here either. But man, I'll tell you right now, the thing going on right now is the fact that Lamar went to U of L, went to Louisville, and so everyone that I know that was a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan or a this or that fan, all of a sudden are popping up in their Lamar Jackson, you know, number eight Ravens jerseys, and I'm like, come on, you can't do that. So if you if you go to the Buffalo Wild Wings or any bar on Saturday night, you are going to be surrounded uh, by Ravens fans. Absolutely, yeah. When that, you go out in Louisville. They've uh, they've actually one of the radio stations here is now a Baltimore Ravens uh, radio affiliate. It was a very That's smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's very similar to Titans Radio. I think they were in uh, Hawaii and in uh, Oregon there. So, but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's pretty crazy. Well, Knoxville was the same way with the Colts. I'm sure you're fully aware of that. But when Peyton Manning went to the Colts, and they went on their run of, of great teams. Uh, there were, I think, there was a Knoxville radio station wow. that played Colts games, <laughs> and there were uh, tons of Colts fans that are Tennessee fans also. Uh, so I, I see Louisville's having the same effect with the Ravens right now. That was very. That was one thing that was very strange about about Nashville when the Titans came to town because it was like one year earlier. Peyton goes to Indianapolis, so a lot of there was no team yet, so everybody was became a Colts fan. And then the Titans came to town, so there was like a lot of people that stayed Colts fans throughout all that, even though we had a hometown team. Yeah, that's it's always cool to see those things. Yeah, it's real great to see that. Um, so on to uh, on to this this upcoming Saturday night's game against the Ravens, the 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 hated Ravens. Hopefully, a lot of people do remember that. That uh, obviously was once a huge rivalry. Now it's just uh, it's still crazy games. It's still crazy to see that Eddie George and Ray Lewis are now friends. I don't I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> but it's it's good to see. Well, there's uh, by the way, speaking of Eddie George and Ray Lewis, so stay tuned. There may be an announcement this week about something we're doing with the midday 180 involving uh, those two. Uh, leading up to this game, which could be really cool. But, uh, no, I, look, I, I think the Ravens are clearly the better team uh, based on what they've done this year. Um, but the Titans are playing great. And I, I, there's just something about this group. And I think the fact that it's been three weeks when they play, since uh, Lamar Jackson, a lot of those Ravens have really played in a game, I think plays in the Titans' favor early. Um, I'm not saying the Titans win, but I think that they they cover the spread and uh, they play they play really well uh, up in Baltimore on Saturday night and they keep this streak of playing well going. Don't know that it's going to be enough to beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, um, but I think it's going to be a fun close game in the fourth quarter on Saturday night. Yeah, as long as it doesn't come down to kicking because they uh, <laughs> I don't know about this Greg Joseph, but they, he could build a I mean, uh, build a name for himself. Well, and what's the you know what's the What's the kick that they're okay taking? Uh, he's yet to attempt a field goal. Is it under 40 or they're going for it? I mean, they're actually going to trot him out for a 51-yarder, let's say, uh, up in Baltimore on Saturday night to, to possibly try to win the game. Or, I mean, that's, to me, that's, uh, that's the interesting part of this is what are they comfortable. First off, I don't think any Titans fan is comfortable with a kick of any attempt, a yardage, <laughs> with a guy attempting his first field goal for the team uh, in a spot like this in the divisional round. But I am curious to see what where the Titans' comfort level is in terms of where he'll kick. 
Yeah, you almost wish in the uh, Texans game or even in the Saints game that someone got close and just took a knee so you at least attempt a field goal to see what it looks like in the uh, in the regular season. But yeah, it's 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 gonna be crazy. There was there was one time where it seemed like they could have kicked like a run around a fifty yarder in this last game, and they they either punted or uh, or went for it. I can't remember, but yeah, I was like, it's like this is really odd that we're not even gonna attempt a field goal here. That was when I think towards the end of the game when he did. Uh, Vrabel used the Belichick yeah, technique yeah, yeah. of the the, fall, the intentional false start and the delay of game to the clock. Yeah, uh, I think that was the ball was like around the thirty-seven or thirty. It would have been a fifty-four, yeah, yeah. fifty-five yarder at that point. Uh, but yeah, I know what you're talking about with that. They certainly aren't comfortable trying something like that. So you're going up to Baltimore, correct? Yes. And do you know what uh, bar you're going to, or where we're? Yeah, we're doing our show, uh, so we're going to be on from uh, ten a.m. to two p.m. like we are every time Central Time. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. up in Baltimore. We are broadcasting from Tin Roof, Baltimore. Okay. There are tin roofs everywhere now. Uh, tin Roof, Baltimore. It's close to the Inner Harbor, close to Camden Yards. And uh, we're going to do our broadcast there, 3HL, uh, the show on After Us. will be up there as well. We'll be back on uh, from 6 to 8 uh, that evening uh, to host kind of a, a special Titans party show like we did last week in Providence where John Robinson, Titans GM, actually stopped by and joined us. Uh, so any Titans fans that are headed up to Baltimore, hope you swing by Ten Roof, Bal- Ten Roof Baltimore on Friday and, and hang out with us. There's something going on there also with the Titans Road Rally on Saturday before the game. Uh, so you can uh, you can go check that out as well. But uh, we, we had a good amount of fans up in Providence at the bar with us, at Bar Louie, on uh, Friday and Friday night of last week. Hope to see a lot more Titans fans up in Baltimore this Friday. Very cool. And uh, before we get out of here, I do want to talk to you about the the, the uh, UT game, the UT IU game that you uh, you said you caught in the uh, in the hotel. And I know you're you're a UT grad, and I know you're a huge UT fan. So you know, with with five minutes to go in that game, were you just like ready to shut it off, or were you gonna uh, you know watch it out? Yeah, I, I was just curious how bad it was going to be. I mean, honestly, after the pick six that Garantano threw, and they pulled him from the game momentarily. Um, I, I was not thinking Tennessee was going to come back. It is an amazing stat. There, there had been something like 476 FBS football, college football games this year, and that was the first game of the year in game number 477 that a team rallied from thir- down 13 or more with under five minutes left to win uh, in any game, and it was that game, like the fourth to last of the college football season. I think they had a 99.2 chance of winning. Indiana did at one point. Oh, wow. Uh, so pretty remarkable comeback where Tennessee's offense was awful. It could not score points. They missed some, some big opportunities. They dominated the first half and missed opportunities to take a you know two, three-score lead into the locker room. And you just knew they were in trouble at that point. But they got it going late, and uh, the, the surprise onside kick, I don't know if it should have been that surprising, uh, but it was perfectly executed and uh, really set them up well. And uh, Tennessee was able to get it done. And I think there's a lot of optimism now. You know, 8-5, the way they rallied this year was a terrible start. With losing to Georgia State and BYU. But uh, there, is, there is some cause for optimism now moving forward with a team that was, that was very young this year. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a crazy game. I, I had laid down in bed, and uh, and uh, Melissa had fallen asleep, <laughs> and then the uh, onside kick happened, and everything else, and uh, you know, like I pretty much jumped up and uh, freaked her out, <laughs> woke her up out of a out of a sleep to uh, to to let her know that the uh, Vols came back and won. Well, the onside kick was so crazy because it was it was so obviously 
you know, so quickly. It was like, oh, that's an outside kick, and he's going to get that easily. Right. I mean, yeah. almost could have kept, Eric Gray could almost kept running, you know, if it was allowed. Right. Uh, the way he caught it, he caught it perfectly 10 and a half, 11 yards, you know, down the field. Uh, it was it was amazingly well executed by Paxton Brooks, the Tennessee kicker, in uh, a, a great play by, by Tennessee special teams. Fun game, though, in the end. It was, it was a bad game, honestly, for – uh, three quarters and got exciting in the end. Nice. And, uh, well, I guess since this is a hard rock heavy metal podcast, normally taking a break to talk about my, uh, beloved Titans. Um, you know, what's, what's one of your uh, favorite shows you've seen in Nashville kind of growing up? You and I both grew up there. Well, you know, the, um, I saw nine inch nails a couple of years ago, a huge fan of nine inch nails. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a child of the late eighties and nineties. And mm-hmm. really my formative years were, early mid nineties. So I'm a big fan of the grunge scene of Seattle and alternative rock in the nineties. Um, I mentioned to you, Allison Chains, yes. Man in the box. Actually this summer I went to a corn and Allison Chains concert at Bridgestone arena. And I thought Allison Chains was better than corn. Quite frankly, I, I loved their set and, uh, the performance of man in the box live uh, was terrific. So, uh, I'm a big fan of all the nineties alternative hard rock scene. So, you play any of it, and I'm going to know it and like it. <laughs> now, did you go to uh, like Starwood growing up, or you know, 328 Performance Hall, or you see shows at Vandy, or anything like that? I went to. Uh, I didn't go to a lot of concerts as a kid. Really, kind of starting in college, started going to a lot of concerts. Been to a ton of shows at, at Bridgestone Arena, which I know doesn't exactly have the best atmosphere uh, in terms of uh, live music venue. Uh, but I've seen a lot of uh, different acts there. I saw Metallica. Uh, this past year, I guess it was, year or two, yeah. uh, when they were in town. I saw Pink Floyd at Bridgestone Arena, just some of the, the legendary bands uh, that I've seen in that venue, uh, and, and really loved it. I thought Metallica was, was really cool. I'm a huge fan of Metallica's ballads. Okay. Um, so, you know, when they play Unforgiven uh, and songs like that, I, I just think that uh, Hetfield has a great singing voice, uh, believe it or not. Now, I like, the, I like the hardcore stuff, too, and the screaming. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I like it all, man. It's it's always fun. Well, cool, man. Well, Chad, man, it's been so great to have you on. Like I, you know, like I said to you uh, forever ago, you know, I've listened to you since God, since probably since you came on the radio in Nashville back in the. Uh, were you on ninety nine seven? Did we talk about that? Were you back back then? No, I was. Uh, I, I was right after the transition to one hundred four five the zone. Okay. So I, I graduated from UT in two thousand four, and I've been at the zone ever since. So uh, I think the zone started in 03. And I was there from 2004 to now. Wow. That's a nice long career in radio. And, uh, you know, uh, congratulations for all that. You know, future success, all that good stuff. Have fun in Baltimore. Stay safe. Don't get murdered. Yeah, I'm going to do my (laughs) best. Uh, High murder rate up there. Uh, Hopefully I will avoid that on my trip. Cool. And just let everybody know where they can find you. Find uh, 104.5 The Zone and find the uh, Chit Chad podcast. Yeah, at Withrow Zone uh, is my Twitter handle. Uh, You can follow me there. Follow our show at Midday 180. At 104.5 The Zone is the station. Chit Chad is the name of the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, uh, iTunes, whatever it may be, you can find it there. And I think that's pretty much it. Chad underscore Withrow on Instagram also if you want to follow me there. Very cool. I was thinking about this earlier as 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 we as we wind down here. I was like, you know what? You were in studio today with Eddie George, and now you get to come on my podcast tonight. So you've had a, a full day, right? Two of the uh, hosts of the best-named podcast <laughs> out there uniting uh, on this podcast tonight. So it's uh, always a good time. Well, cool, man. Well, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. And uh, and like I said, I'll let you know when this is up. All right. Thanks, John. Right, Thanks, Take care.
All right, huge thank you to Chad Withrow for taking the time and talking some Titans. Some Titans-Patriots, the upcoming Titans-Ravens game. So much good stuff to talk about there, and I'm looking forward to this weekend's game. It's going to be a test. I'm not lying about that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So until next Thursday, for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey, and I will talk to you soon.